Yeah. I wanna be a billionaire. Uh, I ain't getting no sleep nah. till I see a milli every week. Yeah. I wanna be a billionaire. Uh, I ain't getting no sleep nah. till I see a billy every week. Uh, I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire. I wanna be a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. I got a special guest on my show, so take some notes. This woman is a National Physique Committee champion, Golden Gloves boxer, motivational speaker, health, um, nutrition, and fitness expert, ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Budenberg. How you doing, love? Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to see you here. Pleasure's all mine. How's it going? Very well, thank you. I'm very grateful to be on this uh, this podcast. Thank you for coming through, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, I know you met me that one time in the gym when you were working with Ryan, but um, you know, you're definitely contributing to my dream today without even knowing me. And I truly appreciate you for that because you didn't have to do this. Like, I mean, I'm sure you got bigger fish to fry. No, yeah. absolutely. And you know, same here. It's all about supporting one another and help helping each other accomplish their goals and that's what that's truly what it's about you know absolutely absolutely so uh so again the, the synopsis of this show is getting insider information for those looking to be in your position so you as all the titles i just listed <laughs> you know basically giving game to the future generation of those entrepreneurs to come you know but before we even get into that you know i want to talk about the beginning where you're from and what got you to even want to do this you know what i'm saying i mean even with the intense training that it takes. I mean, you just told me you basically starved yourself for like 72 hours. Like, I don't see how the hell you did it. <laughs> That's crazy to me. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a little intense, um, but it's it's not that difficult. And, you know, when you have a goal in mind, you just have to do whatever it takes um, to accomplish that goal. You don't let anything get in the way. Right. Mm, I love it. I can see the fire in your eyes just by yeah. you even saying that. That's so cool. All right, well, let's start from the beginning. Tell me where you're from. Uh, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. Okay, okay. NYC in the building. I'm from the Bronx, South yeah. Bronx. All right. Okay. So did you do a lot of training out there? Like, what was your first dream when you were growing up? Was it getting into fitness, or did you have other dreams and aspirations at that time? Yeah, I mean, I was always into fitness. I was always on um, varsity-level sports in high school, and then I ended up joining the Marine Corps, and I was very, very good with the physical fitness portion of, of the Marine Corps. Um, so I've always just been an athlete and truly enjoyed helping other people um, accomplish their goals. I, I can remember from a very young age, people were always approaching me, asking me, how do you do X, Y, and Z when it comes to fitness? You know, mm -hmm. how do you run so fast? Or how is your, you know, how do you have a hundred crunches in, in the Marine Corps? You have to take a test. Mm -hmm. So um, I can remember from a very early age, just consistently helping other people accomplish their fitness goals. And I love it. Mm. I love it. That's awesome, man. So tell, tell me about this National Physique Committee champion. Like, how did you even get that title? Like, how did you even want to do that? Tell me about that stuff. Yeah, so um, I originally started bodybuilding um, when I was going through a really deep, dark time of, in my life. I was really going through, struggling with depression. Would you um, care to highlight, I mean, sure, elaborate yeah. on that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I had come back from Afghanistan, and I had had... Uh, a couple of surgeries that prevented me from running. Mm. So I couldn't run anymore. I was trying to find something to keep me in shape. Mm. Um, so I started lifting and, and I had ended up falling into the sport of boxing, which okay. is why I'm still a boxer today. But um, I can remember just, it was like a beautiful day outside and I was in my basement of my house, just 
wallowing in my sorrow and my pain of mm. depression. And I caught a reflection of myself in the mirror. And mm. I can just remember like looking at myself in the mirror and just saying, you're going to do a competition. I literally said it out loud and I just pointed to myself. And at that time, I had no idea. I, I, that was a whole other level of fitness that I wasn't used to or didn't know much about. But I just kept going and I kept saying, I'm going to do it. And even if I could only, you know, peel myself off the couch to go to the gym for 10 minutes, I would go for 10 minutes mm. and then I'd go back home. And then the next day, maybe it was 12 minutes, you know, and it just progresses from there. Um, so I did. I did my first bodybuilding show and I actually, like, by all means of the word, I, I failed. I was disqualified. I wasn't even allowed to be um, judged because I posed wrong. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you didn't do the what the the infamous Instagram post with the girls like do all that and got the butt poking. You didn't do that, right? No, so no. Like, there's specific ways that you have to pose Copy. in each category, mm. and I I did it totally wrong, so they disqualified me. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I'm sorry. So well, it was the first time. Right? It was my first time. Well, so living your life. yeah, I I stuck with it though. Um, I learned a lot from it, and then I went back the next year and I won, and so. There's a lot to learn from that. You know, there's a lot that we can unpack from that, mm. not only for, you know, depression and, and really pulling yourself out of something, but um, many people, I think, are afraid of failure. But yes. to me, I, there's, there is no fear of failure. You know, when you fail at something, the only true failure is, is quitting. So mm -hmm. I, I, I tried to use that and, and I did, I learned from it and I went to the next step and the next level and learned from my failures and I just didn't quit. Right. And I, and I totally um, agree with you, you know, being fit, actually failing is when you quit, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't see it that way. You know what I'm saying? They just, they don't, they, I don't understand what it is that makes people fearful of taking that leap of faith and chasing their goals. I mean, I think maybe they just need to commit to, um, how can I say this? Like, that there's no real end to your to your goals, if that makes sense. Meaning there's no finish line. Yeah, you may have some goals, but there's no real finish line. So you always constantly got to keep evolving and keep working and keep growing. And some people are just not ready to take that uh, that distance, can't go the distance. You know what I'm saying? Do you, I mean, what do you think of that? Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that there really shouldn't be an end game for mm. you. There should be small, achievable goals along the way and small steps that you should take in order to achieve those goals. Um, but you should constantly be growing and learning and bettering yourself physically, mentally, emotionally. There really isn't an end game because if we, if we stop learning and we stop growing, you know, we're dead. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree with you 100%, you know, trying to step outside of that fear mm -hmm. and not be afraid to fail. Um, I think Will Smith said it the best, and I'm probably not going to quote him properly, but mm -hmm. you know, fail fast, fail forward, and fail often. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of truth in that. If Facts. you really unpack that, there's mm -hmm. a lot of truth and a lot to learn from that. I agree. I agree. So tell me, how do people you know, get over this, uh, how can I say, not depression, but more so anxiety when it comes to working out and getting trained? Like, for example, my mother, she's... 60, I think she's 62. I think she's 62, right? Yeah, no, 63, 63. And she's, she's kind of, she feels a little insecure about her body. And, you know, so that's why she doesn't typically go out much. She spends a lot of time at home. She doesn't really go to the gym, doesn't really want to date, stuff like that. And when I tell her, yo, go to the gym, I'll pay for the membership. 
her anxiety is more so like, yeah, but the people there, you know, they don't want to shape and she, they're probably looking at me like, I like laughing at me because I'm trying to get to where they are, stuff like that. So she feels insecure about things that really don't even matter, but it's still in her mind. So I would like to see what would be your advice to someone in that situation that really wants it, but suffers from the anxieties that kind of really don't matter, but they still paying attention to it. How do they overcome that? Yeah. So I see that all the time, unfortunately. And Honestly, if someone wants to change their body, the fastest and most effective way that they can is by changing what they eat. Mm. So I have clients of mine that have actually never stepped foot in a gym. They just solely follow a meal plan that I've written for them, Mm -hmm. and they've lost 25, 30. I even have a gentleman who lost over 50 pounds, and he only changed what he ate. Mm. Now he has the confidence to go to the gym and to take that next step. Mm. So nutrition is 80% of the game. Working out is really only 20%. Um, so you can start there and start looking at what you're eating and making those decisions to eat clean and healthy, and you can completely alter what your body looks like and how you feel. Mm. Um, if you're ready to take that next step and go to the gym, I would encourage you to go if you want to go, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like and anyone who's at the gym should know already that, Hey, this person's in here like working hard. It doesn't matter what you look like. You don't have to be a bodybuilder. You don't have to be lean and cut. If you're in there and you're working and you're sweating, good job. And anyone who thinks otherwise, they don't belong there anyways because it's a place to better yourself. It's a place to get your mind and your body right and on track. And anyone who's doing that deserves all the praise in the world. I agree. I agree. You hear that, mom? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's cool. That's cool. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I... I like that answer. I like that answer. And I'm going to rewind this for her so she can see that and see if it sparks some motivation. Yeah, so that's that's cool. Okay. So now, go, Golden Gloves. Tell me about that. Tell me about the, your boxing career and where you plan to take that. Um, so I started boxing, like I said, after I was injured. Mm-hmm. And I just did it for fitness for quite some time. I didn't fight. And then I started to fight a little bit here and there. Um, I was... Uh, a volunteer for a, for a season at the United States Naval Academy for the midshipmen there. Mm-hmm. And then I started fighting myself out on the East Coast. Again, I stopped doing it for bodybuilding, and then I started back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up really competing seriously, and I just was good, and I kept fighting and winning and fighting and winning, and I just really loved it. That's awesome. And I stopped bodybuilding. I started fighting more seriously. I ended up becoming the Maryland state champ. And then I went to the regionals on the East coast. And especially with females, the, the, the more fights that you get, the less people that there are to fight against. There's just not many females that are in that sport Mm. and then not many in your weight class. So the pool is very, very small. Mm. I had an opportunity to come out here. It was, it was more like a dream. Mm -hmm. I knew of wildcard and I knew of Freddie Roach and I had uh, watched his documentaries, and I'd always followed Manny Pacquiao. I just had the utmost respect for him. So I picked up the phone, and I called Wildcard, and Freddie Roach answered the phone. Wow. Right. It's that simple, man. I could call Interscope right now. Jimmy Iovino, Dr. Dre might pick up, and people don't right. think it's really that simple. But go ahead, continue. Absolutely. He's so humble, and that's one of the biggest reasons that I'm out here today. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he answered the phone, and he was like, okay, you're a... You're an amateur boxer. Sure, yeah, come on out. He told me the prices. It was $5 a day. 
I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. I booked a ticket and I came out here. You better. For five dollars. I did. I did. <laughs> so I met the wildcard boxing family and instantly I was put with the amateur boxing coach and he to this day is now my coach. And fast forward through the Olympic trials and all the all the blood, sweat and tears and the work and now I live out here and that's my home gym. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Yeah. You took a leap of faith and Made it happen. And it was that simple. Yo, right. It's that simple. Pick up the phone. The number's on Google. It's right there for you. Like, people don't really see that. It's really that simple. It's obtainable if you really want it. You just got to be resourceful and utilize your, your resources, which are right in front of you sometimes. You know yeah. what I'm You don't even know it, but... Absolutely. I'm extremely proud to say that I'm a part of the wildcard boxing family. Yeah. That's that's huge. You know, I don't, I don't have aspirations to be a world champion or to be anything crazy I, I don't even know if I'm gonna turn pro at all mm. I really enjoy the amateur boxing um, and my main goal was focusing on the Olympics and going to the um, Olympic trials so right now I'm just extremely proud to say that I'm a member of that gym and that club and it really is a family and it and it all starts with Freddie Roach mm. he is the leader and he sets a precedent and then his coaches do the same thing all the way down to the boxers and here I am, a part of this incredible journey. That's what's up, man. That's yeah. cool. I'm happy for you, man. Thank seem, you. You seem me happy. Too. Every time you talk about it, it's like you light up. Yeah, so, you for know sure. What I'm saying? So that's 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 cool. I'm glad you're chasing your dreams and living in your purpose. So that's what it's really all about at the end of the day. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So that's cool. Okay. Did you happen to catch, um, do you watch UFC? Sometimes. Did you see the fight with, um, it was this past weekend. It was two women. It was, um... I forgot one. Her name is Joanna, and then the other woman. I forgot her name, but she was from China. You didn't see that fight. It was like the championship fight last weekend. I didn't watch it. Oh, I did watch okay. the highlights and the stories around it afterwards. So you did see with her head being all big out there. I did. So that that's what comes to my question. So, in your journey through boxing and stuff like that, are you afraid of you know getting some type of injury that may? require some immediate medical attention that may potentially like paralyze you and stuff like that like are you thoughtful and mindful of those things or are you just going there like fuck it i'm taking heads off like how you what's your mindset on that right i mean with any contact sport or anything that we do that's dangerous you know that's that's always a possibility but i don't think many of us think about it mm. um, for example i'm in the marine corps mm. and i am a, a, a a helicopter door gunner so I go up and, and fly in helicopters and I hang out the side and I and shoot a machine gun yeah. exactly mm -hmm. and every single time we get Gangster. in <laughs> <laughs> every single time we get in that aircraft and break skids there's a chance you might not come home and we know that but it's not something that we think about same thing when we step into the ring every every time you step into the ring you know that that's a possibility as well but it's not something that you think about you're thinking about how to do your job, how to do your work, how to perform at your peak elite level. Mm -hmm. And what does that take? Mm -hmm. You know, where does that concentration go? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So you're not you you're you're aware of it, but it's more so like, okay, but I'm I don't come in here planning to get hurt. It's of more course. so you just gonna pound some faces in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever beat somebody up that bad though where they needed medical attention? Um, I I Professionally. <laughs> I, I've never been in a fight outside the ring, knock on wood, and I don't I don't plan on starting. Mm -hmm. Um obviously barring self defense or something like that, but um 
No, in in the ring, I have, I have. I had I had fought a girl who was crying the whole time we were fighting, and that was really difficult for me to continue to fight her. I'm sure but you probably felt sorry. For I her, did, huh? I did. My heart broke. I felt I felt bad, and I even went lighter on her, which looking back was a mistake. It's not my job. It's the referee's job to stop the fight. Why do you think it was a mistake? Because she could have been faking it. Mm. It's not, like I said, it's not my job to do that. Mm -hmm. There's referees and judges and officials for a reason, and that's their job. Mm -hmm. My job is to show up and be the best version of myself every single time I step into the ring. Right. Okay. Did you win? I didn't. Oh, okay. Tell me about that. The first words out of my mouth after round three, I went to my corner. I was so angry. I was full of anger, and I looked at my coach, and he's taking my headgear off, and I said, I could have gone harder. And he said, I know, Lisa, I know. Mm -hmm. And then they raised her hand. Mm -hmm. Now that's a hard lesson to learn. I know, man. It's like, damn, you felt sorry for it. So your emotion got the best of you. They did. They mm -hmm. did. She ended up... Um, going on she had to go she, to the hospital she had her nose was broken mm -hmm. and so she wasn't faking but it was a hard lesson for me to learn because that exact fight was the reason that i was unable to continue in the olympic qualifi qualifiers oh man well i mean you know it sounds like yeah i mean yeah i know you regret that part but you're still doing great things and maybe it wasn't meant for you to go that route at that time you know maybe you probably Saved her life by taking it easy on her. You probably could have killed her. I, I'll never know. Right. All I know is that I learned from it, mm -hmm. and I have to take what I learned and on to the next and move forward. Exactly, exactly. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, I know. That, 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 I'm sure that that's a chip on your shoulder right there from that day. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, can't, can't argue over spilled milk. You know what right. I'm saying? So that's that. But okay, so now earlier, you know, I was off camera, we were talking about uh, the ultimate goal for everything that you're doing. You mentioned, you know, helping people overcome depression and stuff like that. So I wanted to highlight that and that and your your, your mission be behind that because, you know, a lot of people do suffer from depression. I mean, you hear people about, hear about people killing themselves over it like every single day and all this mental illness stuff, you know, and I want to see what, you know, message are you trying to convey to your audience and... Help, how are you planning to help them get over their depression? Yeah, so I think it's very widespread. And lately, people are now able to talk about it more. Whereas years ago, it was hush-hush and you couldn't talk about it. You couldn't admit it because it was perceived as a form of weakness. And that's mm. really a large part of my goal is to help people understand that your vulnerability doesn't have to be weakness. It can actually be your greatest strength. Mm -hmm. And when I was struggling, I was going through the exact same thoughts and emotions. And I was afraid to ask for help. I was afraid to reach out and say, hey, something's wrong. I can't handle this on my own. I need help. Mm -hmm. um, I was afraid of what other people would think of me. Mm -hmm. But when I finally had the courage to talk about it, and I, I actually had a video done and we released this video by an incredible uh, company called Mission Barbecue back on the East Coast. Um, when we finally released that, the people I was afraid of the most were the ones that were reaching out to me saying, thank you so much for speaking up. Thank you so much for saying something. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many high achievers 
very successful individuals, elite performers that struggle with this and they're afraid to say anything because they think all of the people that they lead will then see them as weak. And it's not the case. Mm. It's not the truth. So I feel my mission is to lead, motivate, and inspire others to accomplish their goals, no matter what they are, mm-hmm. via physical fitness and nutrition. Mm-hmm. And depression goes right along with that. If you are too focused on your clients, too focused on your company, too focused on the next sale or the business, and you are putting yourself in a backseat over and over and over, mm-hmm. you're going to bring yourself down to a level that you don't need to be at. You could be up higher. You have to take care of yourself first and put yourself first before you can be the best version of yourself in order to help your clients, your customers, your coworkers, your platoon, whichever whichever direction that you want to go with that. You have to look in the mirror first and have the courage to become the best version of yourself. I agree. I totally agree. I mean, I mean, I do. And you made a good point when you said you're trying to close this next deal. You're trying to do this, trying to do that. But you're putting yourself in the back seat, and it's like, as an entrepreneur, you know, you think when you're closing deals and you're coming for the next one, this, that, and the third, you assume you're putting yourself first because you're the one actively closing these deals. But like you said, in hindsight, you're really putting your doing yourself a disservice because you're not taking care of your body. You know what I'm saying? Right. To be able to perform at the level that you need to be successful. So I see what you're saying. And that that makes perfect sense. And it's like putting awareness on that part is what I think is going to grasp people's attention. Because it grabbed my attention. You know, as an entrepreneur, I'm constantly running. I feel like, okay, I got I got to do 20 deals a day. You know what I'm saying? I got to I gotta go. I got to go. And I'm always constantly like that. But it's doing my body a disservice. And I didn't really look at it like that until you brought it into my world just now. So thank you for that. And I think that's what's going to how you're going to capture other people's attention as well. You know what I'm saying? Because people think, oh, man, I'm I'm fit. I could close 20 deals a day. I don't got to go to the gym. Or I ain't got to eat right. Da, 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 da. And then next thing you know, that in a hospital bed because they didn't do what they were supposed to be doing. They put themselves in the back seat. Right. So I feel you. I feel you on that. Okay. Okay. That's what's up, Miss Lisa. <laughs> uh, I'm impressed so far. I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, thank you. So um, now, do, I mean, do you uh, when you when you tell me about meal prepping? Meal prepping is what I have an issue with. Me being Dominican, you know, I eat rice and beans was the side for everything. You know what I'm saying? And we had the the pork, the steak. I recently just became a vegetarian. I'm trying it out. It's cool. I actually feel better not eating meat. I'm less sluggish and. You know, when I eat, even if I eat a bigger portion than what I normally do without meat, it's, um, I still feel content, not like full where I'm like getting the itis and it's like, I don't want to talk to you till tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I don't right. get like that. So how can one properly eat to maintain a healthy lifestyle and maintain their uh, fitness goals? So I actually just wrote a book. Um, and you Congrats. Can... Thank you so mm-hmm. much. What's the name of it? It's called Eat Your Fat Away. Oh, shit. I like that title. You came up with that yourself? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's out so right now? It is out. Absolutely. Audiobook? It's, uh, no, it's a download, so you can go on Amazon and download it to your Kindle or your iPad or your your laptop or any phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super inexpensive. It's nine. It's like nine ninety nine. Okay. And it's, it, it's exactly what it is. It teaches you how to eat your fat away because mm-hmm. the majority of my clients, they come to me and they think, I've tried this diet and that diet and I've tried paleo and keto and Adkins and all this other stuff and they really don't know where to start and they don't know what to do 
and what works for them. So mm. in the book, I teach you that you don't have to starve yourself. It's not a healthy way to lose weight and it's not a, a permanent way to lose weight. Most people who do things and they like that and they see success, that's a temporary process that they've gone through. It's a temporary goal. And then as soon as they go back to eating normal, not only are they going to put back on the weight that they lost, but they'll end up putting on more. So mm. in the book, that's exactly what I talk about. I teach you how to meal prep, how to cook, what clean foods to eat. What, what does that mean? How often you should eat, the amounts. Um, I gave you examples. I walk you through your macros and how to calculate that. And mm. I've seen incredible success. Like we were talking in the beginning of the show, clients of mine that have lost upwards of 50 pounds solely by changing what they're eating. Mm. It's all in this book because, I, and that's the whole reason I wrote it. Okay, okay. So tell me, um, since the release, like, do you know, are you aware of the, the analytics behind the book? Like how many books you sold or you didn't get that information yet? No, I, I, I don't know. I just released the book uh, about two weeks ago mm -hmm. and the response was overwhelming and I'm just very grateful for that because the more people that really take the time to read it and put it into action, the more people I can help. Mm, okay. What other uh, marketing strategies do you have to kind of push the brand the brand awareness for the book? Like, are you doing like any like, fitness videos attached with the book or stuff like that? Are you doing the audible of the book as well? Like, you know, are you doing anything like that? Or are you just focused on the ebook? So the ebook was, um, like I said, it was kind of just a, a means for me to be able to put what I teach into one source for people to, to come to mm -hmm. um, and, and to have, you know, a tangible item. If they don't want to spend the money on getting a, a personal trainer or a coach or whatever the case, um, but it is one piece of the puzzle. And, you know, there, there's so many things that individuals need in order to accomplish their goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having a plan is definitely one of the biggest, one of the big three. And that book provides you that, but it doesn't provide you personalization and it doesn't provide you accountability. Mm -hmm. So if you can't come up with those things on your own, then that's just one of the pieces of the puzzle. Um, those big three things are huge when it comes to changing your fitness and your mindset. And no matter what goal you're trying to accomplish, whether it's a physical fitness goal or um, an entrepreneurial goal, you have to have a plan, you have to have it customized for you and your options and your goals, and then you have to have someone holding you accountable. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. I, the reason why I ask is because I see a lot of uh, other personal trainers and fitness experts, you know, doing a lot of video content. So I didn't know if that was um, an avenue you were looking to, um, I guess, practicing, you know, so you can um, build more brand awareness. Yeah. So I do all of my videos and trainings on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a ton of videos on how to's and different workouts and um, you know, tips and tricks and meal prepping on the go. Um, there's, there's a ton of information. So I usually put most of it out through Instagram because that seems to be where many people can go to whenever they want to, whenever it's convenient, it's always up. It's an easy place that stores everything. Um, and then I also run a six week fat loss accelerator course. So mm -hmm. that's through my Instagram where you can go to and find that and now that's going to be a video led course that's leading you through the information that the book provides on your foods plus how to tailor it to your body 
plus hold you holding you accountable every single week putting you through workouts mm. um it's incredible and the the results are just amazing the before and after photos yeah, yeah, yeah. they really they make me feel good they make me feel validated it could because being an entrepreneur can be it could be lonely you know it could be mm. it's it can be difficult and lonely and there's sometimes where you question man do i even know what i'm doing and then you get the I did client. that last night <laughs> yeah right so you get it but then there's those times you get a cl- the client's results or you get one of your clients reaching out to you saying, thank you so much. You've changed my life. And it, it makes it all worth it. You know, it's like, oh, OK, I do have confidence. I do know what I'm doing. But yeah. if anyone who is, you know, just starting out being an entrepreneur or anyone, even if you've been an entrepreneur for some time, you know, it's a roller coaster and you have to yeah. you have to know to expect it so that you can know how to handle it. Big facts. (laughs) I completely agree with you 100%. Okay, okay. So tell me, you know, Miss Boldenberg, since you're, you know, highly, you know, into the fitness thing, highly into the training and shooting guns out of helicopters, Jesus (laughs) fucking Christ. I mean, what do you do to unwind, man? What do you do to chill? You know, what do you do to relax? I mean, do you have a significant other you spend time with? How, How do you balance that work life stuff? So for me, my my life right now is just very goal oriented and focused on my goals. Um, no, I don't have a significant other. I'm okay. waiting for the Lord to bring me my husband whenever he's ready. Um, but for me, how do I unwind and how do I relax is um, anything to do with the water. So if I go okay. surfing with a buddy or back east, I have a boat and I go out on my boat. Anytime I'm blessed to be able to be out on the water or outdoors, that is a peace and a serenity and a grounding for me that I can't explain because mm-hmm. I could be having the worst day in my life, but get out to the water and it's life changing and it's an instant, instant calming instead mm. of peace. I hear you on that. Yeah. I like, I like to be by the water sometimes. I know I'm, I'm a city boy. I'm originally from the Bronx. Like I told you, so I'm big city life's always fast paced, but I feel you on that relaxation time. You know, I've recently picked up meditating and stuff like that. So I feel how the peace factor plays a big role in, you know, your your positive mental attitude. You know what I'm saying? So I try yeah. to practice that and stay by the water as well. You know, I like to go to Malibu and Santa Monica and just chill and just think. Yeah, you know absolutely. It's a it's a sense of clarity that I feel like you really can't get from meditation or kundalini or yoga. Mm-hmm. And those are all great. And I practice a plethora of different um, different things to to help me stay grounded and to stay to stay calm and centered on, on my purpose. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, there's just, there's there's nothing like being near the water. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. I mean, shit, I mean, I don't know about the surfing stuff. I mean, you can keep that, you know, <laughs> but the water's cool, you know, chilling at the feet in the sand with a pina colada or something. Yeah, like there you go, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's what's up, man, okay. Well, hey, listen, I have no more questions. This is a great interview. You provided a lot of information that for those under, you know, uh, mental stress and things like that definitely look to her uh her, her book that just came out as well as her fitness videos and if you ever want to contact her for any advice you know where can the people reach out to you and you know send their inquiries absolutely my name's lisa bodenberg and my last name is a little bit difficult to spell so mm-hmm. i made it easy on instagram you can put in lisa space liberty and then you'll see me pop up there but you can also 
find me on Facebook under Lisa Bodenberg or email me lisa.bodenberg at gmail.com. And as I always say to everyone, because there's so much out there, hesitate to contact me if there's anything I could do to help you. There it is, man. Well, you just tuned in to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas, Lisa Budenberg in the building. Thank you again for stopping by. Thank you. Don't be on no helicopter shooting things down, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like when you said it, I envisioned it. Like in the army games, I used to press. Like, she's there like, <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, how was that? Before we even get out of here, like, how was that experience? I mean, because some people I know that were, that served, um, thank you for your service, by the way. They thank um, you. they uh, you know, they suffer from a lot of PTSD and stuff like that. Like, have you found yourself, you know, dealing with those type of issues due to the activities you've done out there? Yeah, that was a huge reason for my depression. And um, when I went through, I I, I attempted suicide. What? Um, back before, you know, when we were talking about that yeah, deep dark depression. time. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was real close to to pulling the trigger. Like and literally, like literally, that was, that was the way. You and the Lord off? intervened. Yeah, there's there's no other way to describe it other than the Lord 100% intervened. What did he say to you? No, it wasn't me. He sent a friend of mine was texting me, and she, and I didn't tell her anything. Mm. But I had written the note. I had loaded my weapon. My house was in order. Everything was ready to go. I was walking up the stairs to go into my bedroom, and that's where I was gonna the trigger and um a, a girlfriend of mine just didn't like the way that we were texting but i didn't tell her anything at mm, all mm. she had a funny feeling she texted a neighbor because mm. she was out of town that neighbor was out of town he texted his roommate his roommate came over to my house and she has a key um and she just let herself in she said she just knew she came over she was trying to be funny i didn't answer the door and it stopped me right in my tracks Wow. And she came in and she was like, what are you doing? And I lost it. I just started crying and I felt like every tear that I had never cried came out right at that time. And she didn't judge me. She didn't make fun of me. She didn't make me feel weak. She just let me cry and then helped me get the help that I needed. And so now I'm able to tell this story and to share it with someone else and you know, the more people we share it with, there's always seems to be just just one person. If we could just help one more person, you know, stop them in their tracks because they deserve it. You know, they deserve to survive. That's 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 heavy, man. That's heavy. I can't believe you know, cause whoo and, and 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 I'm glad you came over that, man, because a lot of people don't. A lot of people, a lot of people still stuck in it. I mean, and just living with it. You know what I'm saying? Not even wanting to take themselves out and. You know that's it but they're living with it so it's like day by day they're suffering more and more and more with no sense of hope so, exactly mm, so it's like so i'm glad you i'm glad you're with us still you know what as saying? am i as am i only by the grace of god facts facts well you know stay tuned for more episodes to come make sure you get her new book what's the name of the book by the way eat your fat away eat your fat away i <laughs> i need to because whatever i'm eating the fat ain't going away. It's just still stuck there. I don't know what the hell it's doing. It's just sitting there. Needs to go for a vacation or something. <laughs> but stay tuned for more episodes to come. Thank you for watching. Have a blessed night.